2: Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Uh-oh. Market has been rallying. People are feeling good. And then... Well, Macy's comes on and gives a big old warning on their holiday season. Macy's tumbles, they stumble, they bumble.
1: Danger, Will Robinson. Danger.
2: They fell more than they've fallen in in a decade. And you start thinking, what's happened in the last decade? And you go, whoa, there's been some drama. And Macy's plunged the most in more than 10 years after the department store chain cut its annual profit and sales forecast, saying it sells momentum during the holidays weekend. Now, it doesn't take a genius to think that retail's changing. We see it with Amazon, right? But also, the whole idea of going to the mall is changing. Mall-based traffic is really heavily driven by food right now. And stores like Macy's are trying to figure out ways to get you into the store because doing it the way they've done it for the last 20 or 30 years ain't getting it done for investors. There's a little bit of growth, but it's anemic. So, Macy's acquired a company called Story recently, and... What retail is trying to do is get you to come in to kind of curate an experience of walking through maybe Paris and have all the fashion look like Paris. Or maybe three months later have all the fashion looks like, you know, uh, a budding flowery spring and have everything kind of florally spring-like clothes, right? So trying to get a story so you and your girlfriend or you and your boyfriend will go to the mall and walk around and go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. So I, I get what it is. It has to be an experience inside of an experience, a store inside of a store. So Macy's has to take the DNA of story and try to get people in. Maybe they hire a rock band. Maybe they have free wine. Um, I used to go get my haircut when I had more hair at a place that would be like, do you want champagne or a glass of wine? I'd be like, sure. It was an expensive haircut. And one of the things they did was they wanted to give you that experience, right? It's not just anyone can cut hair. Some cut obviously better than others. But they have to give that experience. Uh, One guy who cut my hair once uh, did like this Avita head rub. I think it's called Avita, And it was was fun. It was nice. It was relaxing. Uh, But you have to give that experience inside of an experience. So Macy's tumbling. Apple cuts the iPhone XR price in China. That's a headline today. Hmm. You've got the economy kind of stuttering. We can't really tell yet. But we're seeing it in, inside of Apple's warnings, inside of Macy's warnings. And again, like you can't really judge the economy off Macy's because Christmas is changing. You know, uh, there used to be... Do you remember the, the concept of, oh, I got to go out on Christmas Eve and get the, the, the kids' toys? I don't want them to be disappointed, or I have to go out the, week, the last weekend of Christmas. And you would go to the mall, and you would fight for a parking space. That doesn't happen anymore. So whenever I go to a mall, it's for like a cheesecake factory now. It's not for a holiday seasonal rush. So lots to figure out as an investor, right? Big event coming up in Palo Alto. You can sign up on January 24th. It's an income in retirement, wealth in retirement, making sure it lasts in retirement, a little bit of tax cut issues with Trump, and a lot of outlook for 2019. You can sign up for the event at Rob Black Show. Rob Black Show Use the code radio25 to come on in. Oh, you know, another thing that's out there in the news today. Okay, so Macy's is, I think, the headline. Um, American Airlines is in the news, and they're stating total revenue per available seat is expected to be at the low end. Now, American Airlines is kind of a a gauge, a little bit on business, a little bit on tourism, so you don't read too much. But all the airline stocks have had a big run up recently. And when you get one big airline saying that things aren't great, they're good, they're not great, that can affect that whole industry. So that's part of the transports of the United States, uh, S&P Standard & Poor's. China reported weaker than expected inflation data, which obviously is a good thing or a bad thing which is obvious to you, China reported weaker than expected inflation. It's surprisingly a bad thing because it shows you a weakening economy. And I saw a report out in the last 24 hours that the United States is going to lose the top economy in the world title within the next 18 to 24 months, if not sooner. There's no sign of a compromise being struck on the government shutdown. In fact, President Donald Trump walked out of a meeting with Democrats, kind of stormed out. I don't know presidents were allowed to do that, but I guess they can, right? A mess. It's a mess. So he's down in Mexico, for, or not in Mexico, but on the Mexican border for what he calls a photo op. <laughs> True enough, right? I don't know what's going to happen with that one. It's, will it be the longest government shutdown? It's pretty close. I think it becomes tied tonight at midnight. And that seems kind of funky. You're hearing some TSA stories where they're calling in sick and you're like, am I safe right now to fly? Wow. I think if you're a terrorist organization, you're going, well, the government's not really working right now. So now's the time to sneak in. That could backfire, huh? So, Fed Chairman Powell is going to be speaking today at the Economic Club of Washington. I've been in the Economic Club of Washington, and I'll tell you what it was—what uh, it felt very much so like: um, puffy white guy in a suit, vel. A lot of older white dudes in suits and um, mixed cocktails. A lot of mixed cocktails, like old fashions. And you are like, an old fashioned? Who drinks an old fashioned? Exactly. So, Economic Club of Washington, Fed Chairman Powell is going to speak today. We'll pay attention, for sure. A little bit of profit-taking in the short-term market that's up 10% from its bottom. That's not too shabby. That's a bounce. But is it dead cat bounce? Oh, man. like There's no right answers. There's no easy answers. I can tell you we have jobs, and that's a good thing. We haven't started to see big job cuts. We saw a little bit out of the automotive industry last quarter. We haven't seen anything big yet. Now, again, jobs are a lagging indicator. Jobs are, and you know, that's something kind of interesting about Apple that I was thinking about the other day. The amount of money that they put into research and development, the amount of money that they have to basically cover all their bases, that could become a value company if they ever decide to start slimming down. Please note they open their their UFO space saucer station, Office complex just last year, and it was so big and so it's not gaudy. Maybe it's gaudy, but it made people ask: Is this a good way to be spending money? And isn't this kind of a, a showing off that you've just designed a campus that that is one of a kind, unique? Isn't this a little bit like Rome? Those were heady days before things fell apart. So markets are down, not horrible. But it certainly feels like we've had a lot of up days. Let's digest. Let's look around. Let's see what the president's going to do this week. Let's take a look at China. Um, they're stimulating their economy in other ways, other than U.S. consumer right now. Um, we'll see where we go. Healthcare is going to be a big story. Oh man, Jeff and McKinsey, Bezos—that story is getting juicy. Just one day after the announcement of a divorce, most expensive divorce ever. It's going to be. Oh, there's pictures of him with another woman. But it's amicable so far. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up on the 24th. You can sign up at Rob Black's show. Use code radio25 to get in for free.
0: I needed to try. Needed to walk. I
1: needed to learn. I'm fading away. Never get old. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220, KDOW.
2: Welcome back in. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. It's a new year. It's starting off with an interesting storyline. What's going to happen with the government shutdown? What's going to happen with China? What's going to happen when we're going to see job cuts if we're starting to see weakness from names like Apple and Macy's? What's going to happen? Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton and talk a little bit about 2019, a new year. Do the same rules apply, CFP, Chad, Burton? Do we just keep socking away money and moving towards retirement?
3: No, absolutely. Keep socking away money. Um, if, if the market declines and you're trying to save for your retirement, that's a better buying opportunity for you. It's it's the same. We've had government shutdowns in the past. We all remember it with different presidents. The, the story happens over and over and over and over again. It's just different actors, different play names. It's kind of like all the movies that we see coming out now, Rob, are the same movies that we saw when we were – you know, kids, it just, there's no yep. new ideas, right? It's just the same new mo- movie is being redone by different actors.
2: So taking a look at the start of the year, I mentioned this yesterday, and I don't know if you agree or disagree, but December, we kind of got worried about China. We kind of got worried about the shutdown. We kind of got worried about the wall. And like, we were very worried in December. It was a very disturbing market. Um but January's kind of started off with a little bit of optimism, like oh, maybe we will fix some of these things, like cheap. Um, what's going on with China? What's going on with all? What's going on with the shutdown? Are you feeling the optimism? Or are you feeling the? What are you feeling?
3: Well, the pessimism got wrapped up in the tax loss harvesting at the end of the year, so okay. people got freaked out. They saw people harvesting losses on portfolios which they hadn't seen for several years. Which is pretty normal near the end of the year, and so it created a little bit of a panic mode, and then the same money managers, pension funds are all rebalancing and buying what they're low on at the beginning of the year. So, from the December sell-off, which you kind of saw stop around, um, you know, right around Christmas Eve, right? Um, sure. The markets by the tenth is up nine percent. S&P 500 is up 9% or so from there. So people that capitulated and panicked and acted emotionally have lost out on a 9% run-up. But the way that people were feeling, Rob, is like, oh, we're going to go into recession, and the Feds are going to continue to raise interest rates. That's not going to happen. They're going to pay attention to the data. You had bad communication, though. You had Powell talking about one thing, and then the minutes came out. And the minutes show that the Feds are a little bit more cautious than what they talked about. Um, And they were really written prior to the speech. So, you know, it's recessions come and go. Economic cycles are part of life, and you just got to continue to invest.
2: So resetting for the new year, we're going to digest the news, and we're going to listen to shows like yours and mine. Uh, You do Tuesday, Wednesday, and today you did Thursday, uh, 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. hour on KDOW. People can listen to you. They can get a podcast by going to newfocusfinancial.com and sign up for your podcast. It'll automatically show up for you. Um, but also, we got a seminar coming up on the 24th of January in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge, 630 to 830. People can learn more, get some downloads, sign up for the event at newfocusfinancial.com. Use code RADIO25. Let's talk about the 401k rules. I'm stoked, Chad. Mm-hmm. I know this is going to sound stupid, but I turned 50 last year. And I get to put in $6,000 more than you in retirement this year, and I get to stick my tongue out at <laughs> you. Is that fair? Is that yeah. one of the perks of being run, 50? I still run faster than you, so there we go. Oh, I'm a dead man if I ever have to outrun anyone at this point. <laughs> yeah, if you and me come yeah, upon I a bear did. in the woods, you're going to live. <laughs> because that bear's going to get me long before he gets you. He's, gonna, he's got a good
3: <laughs> meal in front of him. Uh, yeah, the, the 401k limits go up for everybody. So you can now put instead of 18500 everybody can put in $19,000 into their 401k. And the catch-up awesome. is $6,000. So now you can put 25 grand into your 401k if you're going to be 50 or older by december 31st of this year so people kind of need to reset they need to go back and say if my plan is maxing out my 401k if you're going to be under 50 it's that's if you're paid every two weeks that's about 730 dollars 77 a paycheck or if you're over 50 that's about 961 dollars and 53 cents a paycheck um so people need to just kind of reset their withholding on their paychecks to make sure that they get to the new max. Um, and so we've got a lot of opportunities. And then uh, IRAs and Roth IRAs, the limits are higher as well. Instead of 5500 it's now 6000 And if you're going to be 50 or older by the end of the year, you can now put in $7,000 into a Roth. Um, so we have some major your saving strategies that are available out there. So many things you can do before you even need to really hire anybody. Um, so the, get those things maxed out, change your withholding so that you're on track for the end of the year.
2: Yeah, you mentioned uh, before you hire someone. Don't you have a document about things you should do before nope. you hire? A, a, I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh-oh. Sounds like a technical glitch. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com.
3: Barely. There we go. Now I got you.
2: Ah, Got me back. I was just about to plug you out. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, we're going to talk about some of these strategies at the seminar, January 24th, in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge. But don't you have a document on your webpage, newfocusfinancial.com, where people could th- learn to do things before they hire a CFP? Because you just brought that up.
3: Yeah, and we're going to actually update it a little bit here recently for the new mega, not the new, but the, the mega Roth IRA that's now an option. But it talks about but let's say you're younger, you're starting out. Max out the 401k. Do the Roth IRA if you can. Continue to save four, save more. Then max out that 401k at 19 grand. Talks about the backdoor Roth IRA. Then there's these people that you know they get into their 50s and they're really trying to catch up. The kids are out of college. And they can put after-tax dollars into the, some of the 401k plans out there each year and, and get you know 15, 20, 30 thousand into the Roth side of the 401k. So look out for what's called a mega Roth IRA option at your company's
2: 401k. Good stuff. That's kind of a a fun word to say out loud, right? Mega Roth. What is (laughs) it? It
3: is, yeah.
2: What do I need to know more about the Mega Roth?
3: Well, so if if you're wondering, okay, how do I get more money into the 401k plan? Because there's actually a federal limit of $56,000 between your contribution, the employer contribution, and then potential after-tax contributions. Um, And people, a lot of people, People that have that option also have RSUs. So those RSUs vest, there's no reason to hold them. Sell them. Use that money to either fund Ross or the Mega Ross in your company 401k plan, which companies like Apple, Cisco, Microsoft, they all have them now.
2: You know what's interesting, Chad? And I say this with like respect. I never knew how complicated financial planning was until I met you because I think a media kind of portrays it as, well, you save money and then you retire. But you're talking about mega Roth IRAs, backdoor conversions, vesting RSUs. There's a, It's pretty complicated, but you stay on top of this, right?
3: Absolutely. Oh, I, I love it. Ten-
2: it's my passion. Oh, good stuff. Um, music's playing, so let me plug you. People can listen to you Tuesday, Wednesday, and sometimes Thursdays at 6 a.m. They can get the podcast of CFP Chad Burton at newfocusfinancial.com at Apple or his website, newfocusfinancial.com. You can also come to the seminar, January 24th, 630 to 830. It's incredibly social. It's easy parking. It's Palo Alto. Heads will not roll. Heads will be fun. Um, it's going to be talking markets, retirement strategies, income strategies, wealth strategies, and much, much more. Sign up at New Focus Financial. Use the code RADIO25. All I care about is-
1: And Questions are always welcome. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW.
2: Millennials make my job more interesting and more difficult. We're doing more and more shopping online, so it's really tough to get a, a, a good pulse on the most important quarter of the year—the fourth quarter for shopping. And that's a big driver of our economy. Millennials make it tough because they're using their phone for just about everything, which is interesting, and it changes the habits. And again, I was done with my Christmas shopping basically on Black Friday. So, if someone like Macy's were to say, "Hey, we had a gr- Rob spent more this year than ever before," maybe he'll continue spending. They're wrong. So, millennials make it difficult. I know a millennial who's shorting Apple because he thinks they're a pompous and arrogant company. Not because they're making record profits. Not because they have problems in China. And that seems to be snowballing as China gets stronger in the big picture over time. It's um, something we'll talk about. You know, one area where millennials really threw me last year, uh, Bitcoin. 2017, just a crazy year for Bitcoin. 2018, not so much. 2019, not starting out great either. Bitcoin erased gains from its jump above 4000 over the weekend, dropping 6% today. It's not, my kind of, it's not my kind of asset. And I can be wrong. And trust me, it's painful when you're wrong. Do many times in my life I said, oh, Amazon looks expensive. Over the last 20 years, whoopsie. So analysts aren't really seeing a lot going on with Bitcoin. There's not a lot of great analysts covering Bitcoin. And thus, it's tough to determine pricing for Bitcoin, in my opinion. So there was a big surge last week. There's a uh, huge exodus today. Be very cautious. But I know some people, uh, some millennials who think Bitcoin is the second coming of the dollar which isn't the worst way of looking at it as an alternative currency to the dollar. If you think the United States is heading down a trail of always issuing more debt and weakening the dollar and the appeal for it, then you get something that's finite like Bitcoin. There's a story there. It's not my story. It's like the cannabis stocks, the marijuana stocks. One of the problems marijuana industry is going to face is it's not difficult to grow weed. I've got a little bit of grass, not marijuana. I've got a little bit of the grass on the lawn grass, right? And every year I deal with, you know, crabgrass or something else. Weeds, they're not that difficult to grow. And marijuana is a weed, right? Weed. You're saying, oh, I never looked at it that way. So one analyst, a guy named Jeff Vinnick, I wouldn't even call him an analyst. I would call him a former king of, of fidelity, that's worthy of note because he's not exactly coming to this naively. He says cannabis stocks are a bad idea. Nobody's going to make money. I think if you want to own a cannabis stock because of the idea of more and more states opening up their, their laws for either medicinal or recreational use and let's tax it. You know, you're seeing people out of New York saying our subways are in, in perilous condition. Let's, let's legalize marijuana and have the profits, the taxes go to our, our subways, our infrastructure. Government's not doing it. Federal government's not doing it right now. They're focused on building a wall. So more and more states are going to come on, and I get it. But it's very overhyped at this point in time. And I would just be cautious. It doesn't mean you can't trade them. It doesn't mean you can't hit a home run and take half off the table and let it ride. So again, that's going to be up to you. But keep in mind, the margins are not going to be awesome in the people that grow it. In some of the biotech companies that are trying to figure out using the ingredients inside of marijuana for things like glaucoma and pain relief. When you see the industry that we have that's killing people in America, our pharmaceuticals are just getting more and more powerful Trying to get something that's kind of marijuana may may not be that bad of an idea, right? So the opioid addictions, uh, you're seeing the medical community really embrace marijuana. Uh, so companies like Tilroy are very interesting. Companies like Canopy Growth maybe not so much because again they're more of a grower. The alcohol and beverage companies who are going to be infusing some drinks like Sleepy Time Coca Cola. And the active ingredient is tied towards marijuana. And, you know, some people get really sleepy on marijuana. You're going to see Coca-Cola do that because they need to sell beverages. And they'll sell water. They'll sell orange juice. They'll sell soda. They'll sell diet soda. They'll sell monster caffeine drinks. They'll sell anything they can sell in a package. Right? Are you with me against me? So Jeff Fennick, not a big fan of cannabis stocks. And he was a great investor in his day. Now, what's interesting about him, he's also talking about, he ran the Fidelity's Magellan Fund. I should mention that. And then he left that and started his own asset management company. Um, He returned 17% annually from the mid-90s to 2013. That's pretty darn good. So when he talks, he listen. Right? It's not an EF Hutton commercial, but it's pretty darn close. I know you're saying, EF Hutton commercial? Hmm... You'll just have to trust me on that one. So, Vinick is on CNBC today, and a lot of quotes are coming out from him. And let me paraphrase one or two here for you. He obviously uh, is good for a soundbite, so you have to be cautious on that. He's also resurrecting his hedge fund, which you have to be cautious that he's promoting his business. That's the big problem that I have with CNBC versus Bloomberg. Bloomberg gives the analyst time to talk. CNBC gives you seconds to create a soundbite. So, but Vinick's saying today, I think we're in a secular bull market. Wait, 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 what? He thinks we have another 10 years to go based on good economic growth and low inflation. Which is pretty interesting at this point in time. When you're trying to find the negatives in our economy... You're not seeing a lot of inflation, and you are seeing people with jobs. But again, jobs are a lagging indicator. And jobs should create inflation, whether it be wage inflation, which seats into a company's bottom line. Biggest cost of business is doing labor, right? So the upbeat prediction basically comes on the end, you know, one of the longest bull markets in history. And a lot of people say, are we in the eighth inning or ninth inning? He says we're in the fourth and a half inning. Or maybe the bottom of the f- top of the fifth kind of thing. Like halfway, really? I know you're saying fourth and a half. You don't watch a lot of baseball, do you, Rob? The fourth and a half inning. That's right, and I'm sticking to it. Did you see Oracle paying $200 million for the naming rights to at and Park? Okay, now this is going to sound like really bad analysis, but you could probably do pretty well investing in sponsors of sporting events. I know you're saying, are you kidding right now? The the one that jumps out to my mind, and again, they're not all great, because I know that there was that flooring company, and um, I'm not going to mention their names, but some of their wood was tainted, uh, created in China, and flooring obviously makes big money, if you've ever replaced a floor. But Oracle jumping in and uh, just kind of reminds me, you have to have some big money to Throw down two hundred million dollars on naming rights, right? But it is in the heart of the Bay Area. It is in the, in you know tech. So to get that name recognition, I, they're going to put on a new um, jumbotron, and um, it's going to be huge. It's going to be state of the art because millennials, going back to millennials, have to have state of the art things going on in their their little pea sized brains um, that you know are shiny objects. So they're going to get a new scoreboard, and you know what the scoreboard's going to be called. If Oracle's going to do Oracle Park, do you get the feeling it might be Oracle Vision? Let's take our lies out to Oracle Vision. Okay, so I have a theory that if you were to invest in halftime show sponsors, the Visa halftime show, Fox, right? Football games, right? If you were to invest in sponsors or at least start your research there, or even go to NASCAR, there's an index, believe this or not, of NASCAR investments companies that throw their names onto the cars because lots and lots of Americans see those brands and those brands are consumed. I don't know how much you should put your hard-earned money into strategies like dogs of the Dow or sponsors or sin stocks or stocks tied towards NASCAR, but I do want you thinking everything is about money. Everything. Right? Are you with me or against me? Because this is a civil war and you have to choose a side. You can't be all wishy-washy. Everything is about money. So back to Jeffrey Vinnick. I have no problem with you drawing from the best of the best. One of the people I used to listen to when I was just getting into the business is still in the business. And his it seems Phil Orlando. And I think he's with a company called Federated. Don't quote me on that. Um... But I used to talk to him once a week and just pick his brain about the stock market. Love finding people that you can, you know, Scott Galloway from New York University. Love finding people that gives you a good, solid voice into the thinking. You know, uh, Vinnick was great at what he did because he focused his whole career on thinking about investments. I have no problem with you focusing on someone other than me. Just be careful and understand like Vinick's pushing his hedge fund and he's saying it's pretty spectacular stuff, but he's not going to be there to hold your hand when things go bad. But he is saying good old fashioned stock picking may be beating index indexing this year. I don't disagree with that. It's a market of stocks, not a stock market. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more big seminar coming up. Holy mackerel, January 24th, Thursday, 6.30 to 8.30. It's going to be in Palo Alto at the Elks Lodge, 6.30 to 8.30. Sign up at Rob Black show. Use the code RADIO25 to get in for free.
1: I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Not a yes, sir. Not a follower. Fit the box, with the mold. Have a seat in the foyer. Take a number. I was lightning before the thunder. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money. On AM 1220 KDOW. Thunder, 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 thunder. the thunder, lightning and the thunder, thunder, the thunder, lightning and the, thunder. Lightning and the thunder. Thunder, 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 thunder,
2: thunder. I've never been to Disneyland, Disney World. I've seen Disney films and Pixar films. I know nothing about the happiest place on earth. I know that the parking lot is the saddest place on earth at seven o'clock every day when kids crash after having sugar all day and running around the park getting sunburned and, and, and not ultimately having a fulfilling experience. I know you're saying, what's wrong with you, black? Why do you hate Disneyland? What did they ever do to you? I knew a girl who got engaged to Disneyland. I'm like, that marriage is never going to work. You want to quit right now. And guess what? She did. She did. I was like, "Whoa, my words are powerful," but Disney's run like Disneyland is run like Scrooge McDuck, and it's too much for me. You know, I, they just raise prices. This is the whole catalyst of it by as much as eighteen percent per ticket. That's insane, and that's why I want to own the stock because you're dumb enough to go. You take your two kids, your two Oompa Loompa children. They're fat. You have a minivan because they can't fit in normal sized cars. $104 for the, the single cheapest ticket? Tickets as much as $149 for the most popular dates. That's up from 135 That's a big jump. So it's more expensive than ever. And I'll be honest with you, from what I've heard, you got to go for two or three days. So $400 for a family of four. Just in tickets. And let's let's throw in the taxes and call it 500 you're not gonna get the cheapest ticket. So, five hundred dollars a day, three days—that's fifteen hundred bucks. You're like, whoa! And then the hotel room. So let's just throw that up to almost two thousand, right? It's pretty insane, and people do it. And then they, they, they of course, you got to get Mickey Mouse ears. I hate you, Mickey Mouse. And you have to get ice cream cones because what's a day at Disney? Is it complete without ice cream? No. Now it, it's an amazing experience. I get it. I get it. The higher price hikes are offensive because we feel compelled to take our children to Disneyland because they're kids and you want the best magical experience ever for a kid. But my producer, Mike, was like, you know, you can watch all the rides now on YouTube. I'm like, wow, you have a slightly effeminate voice. But you can watch all the rides on YouTube? You mean I can go out and buy cheap Mickey Mouse ears on Amazon, give them my kid, get a big old computer, fired up, and, and have the experience of the rides, the Pirates of the Caribbean, without actually shelling out $1,500 for three days? And trust me, if you're doing lunch, breakfast, and dinner at the park, it's going to be way more than that. And I, I don't get it. I, I look at Disneyland, and it's packed every day, and that's why I want to invest in it, right? It's part of what they do now. What's the worst thing that can happen to Disneyland? Terrorism. Right? Otherwise, people are going to go. And even when there's terrorism, people are going to be like, well, I, I can get in for half price right now because, you know, like, I'll do it, sure. Well, it's like a sport, pro sports, and I'm not a big pro sports guy. I do like watching hockey because I think it's a great game. Um, I like watching football during the playoffs, for sure. You know, I, I can have a beer just like you and eat a cheeseburger. I'm a man's man. I've got a hammer. But who can afford to take their family? to And if you're not maxing out your 401k and you're going to the Raiders games and you're going to Disneyland, you're going to work till the day you die. Your kids may or may not have the money to go to college because they will have to take on loans and then they're going to be saddled with it. And you're not going to be able to pay to afford it because you took them to Disneyland. It's not about making kids happy anymore. That's not Disney's business model. They're in the business of making money. And from a social perspective, it's distasteful and sad. From a business perspective, I want to own part of it. To think that Disney's actually run by Scrooge McDuck, I kind of like it. Hey, where's the CFO today? You know, he's, 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 he's being Scrooge McDucky. And that's all I have for you. So when you look at a business model, look at the ability to raise prices. When I tell you that they're going to raise prices, do you think they're going to unveil an elaborate $1 billion Star Wars-themed land called Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? It's going to be two attractions on 14 acres. Now, if you get to ride in a Millennium Falcon experience and shoot down TIE fighters, are you going to pay $150 a day? Hell yeah, you're going to pay $150 a day. And next year, you're going to say, well, 15 years from now, you're going to have babies. and You're going to pay. I want to take my baby to Disneyland and show him the Star Wars experience. Being a Millennium Falcon, because I drive a Chevette. Not a Corvette, a Chevette. Because I spend all my money going to Disneyland. I hate Mickey Mouse. I hate, hate, hate Mickey Mouse socially. I hate Sarah Jessica Parker. But Sarah Jessica Parker getting you to buy luxury shoes at $400 for Manolo Blahniks. You kind of want to own Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy. Right? Because you kind of get that luxury is a thing. Apple kept raising their prices because they were copying a company called Burberry. Nothing ever goes on sale. It's tough to get something on sale at Apple, right? So Apple continues to price their stuff like it's luxury until the point that they can't. And people are like, it's just a phone. I own Apple. I'm mad at Apple. I think they they had a major misstep. Paying $1,200 for a phone and putting it in the hands of a kid at Disneyland, you are one wealthy SOB. You are one wealthy S.O.B. If you could afford to put a $1,200 computer phone in a kid's hand and go to Disneyland. Now, with that said, it's money. you got to spend it. can't take it with you, right? But that's why I love Disney as an investment. And they have Misses. Of course they have Misses. Uh, misses? 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 Mary Poppins. Is that going to be a big hit? No. There's not enough of us waxing back to our childhood thinking Dick Van Dyke and... Chim Tim Chim Tim Chim Chim Jarrou. Was that Mary Poppins or was that Chitty Chitty Bang Bang? See, I'm now confused. And thus... There you go. Okay, maybe I do want to see this. It, it may be a misstep. Yes, yes. I do want to see it. See how Disney draws you in? No, there's absolutely no chance I want to see it. But I would like to see a,
0: I do want to see how they do in the Super